Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D business at lyit.ie or call 9186206. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Director of Strategic Initiatives at TCS in Letterkenny, Jared Grant. Jared was one of the team of eight involved in establishing the Primerica base in Letterkenny in 2000 and was tasked with setting up the company's internal IT system. There are over 1,000 employed at the State of the Art local campus opened by Primerica in 2017 at a cost of €42 million. Two years ago, Primerica was taken over by TCS and the global company has recently embarked on a recruitment drive with the aim of increasing its workforce in Letterkenny by 200 over the coming months. Jared, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you, Kieran. It's great to be here. Jared, over 1,000 people based at the campus here in Letterkenny, previously known as Primerica, um, they set up their operations here in the year 2000 with eight employees. You were one of those eight, Jared? I was indeed, a long time ago. So can you take me back to where, oh, right. take me back to where and when it all began, Jared? Yeah, well, well I, I, I think Prudential had this original idea of offshoring its information technology from New Jersey in the US and Bill Freel, who was the CIO of Prudential at the time originally had Rathmullen connections and worked with the IDA to set up what he described as a small operation with ambitions to grow to about 150 people to do software development and IT support exclusively for Prudential in New Jersey based here in Letterkenny and I was fortunate enough to be one of the the first uh, employees to help set up the operation Um, and over the the period of around 20 years we grew that from the original base of around 100-150 to over a thousand employees during that time. And where did you set up initially, Jared? Uh, our very first office was actually uh, in the boardroom in Fass in Letterkenny, now Solace. Um, so we actually camped down there for a couple of months until our offices in Windy Hall were ready around September 2000. So we set up the operation in around May, June 2000, and we moved into to the Windy Hall building. People would have known in America on the main road there, uh, in around September 2000. And who would have been with you at that stage, Jared? And what was your role? Yeah, so myself, Andrea, Chris, still here, would have been all on board. Paul Carmody would have been the original managing director from the US. And my role was to set up all the internal IT systems, all the infrastructure, uh, the desktops, the computers, the servers, uh, and actually support them on an ongoing basis from uh, for the business and, and work with our teams in the US to deploy new technology into the business as it came on stream from all our different departments in the United States. So, Jared, IT being your speciality, was that always something you wanted to pursue? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think, you know, you can go right back to, uh, you know, my days in St. Judens College, uh, where, you know, Eddie Harvey, who ran the computer department up there, was a huge influence uh, in, in trying to get people into technology at that time. And St. Judens at the time, through Eddie and Joe English and people, had invested a lot in computer technology and computer curriculum. So I'm fortunate to benefit from that. Um, and, and a lot of the people during that, in 1990, during transition year, who did the first GCSE in computer science in Letterkenny through St. Columns and Derry, um, benefited from that computer education that Eddie, Joe and Father Ferry set up at the time. Uh, you, you mentioned those three individuals. They were looking back. 
very much ahead of their time, Jared. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not just in terms of trying to, you know, get the equipment and get funding for the equipment, but also put the different courses in places in the curriculum and try and attract students to do it, you know, because at that time, you know, some a lot of students left after intercert and, and went to work either in local factories or went to work in farming or went to work in local family businesses and, and their focus was trying to keep the guys in education and potentially you know looking forward seeing that there would be a future in computer science and computer engineering and trying to drive them down that track. You moved to Wendy Hall, Jared, a workforce with started with it and, and increased them to what? Well, we by the end of sort of year one, we're heading towards about 100 people. So by the end of 2000, we're, we're tracking towards 100 people. And then we got a, a fairly significant opportunity to actually um, provide some call center services for Prudential through their property and casualty business. And that was the impotence to build the second building in Windy Hall in 2001 and move into that building. Uh, and we hired quite aggressively through the whole of 2001 uh, for that business. So, you know, we filled building one around 150 people. Building two was slightly bigger, uh, closer to 300 people. So as you came into the mid-2000s, we're five, 600 people. And we and we grew at about 100 a year every year. And it was a different Ireland and a different Donegal back then, Jerry, wasn't it? It was, it was. And, and some of the work that we were trying to build for in some of the legacy technologies like mainframe and, and some of the older insurance and financial systems, we had to think differently about how we recruited staff. So, you know, those skills weren't readily available in the region. And we had to do a number of different things. One, we had to go out globally to try and get those skills. And, and people would have noticed at the time we, we recruited in South Africa and India and all over the world and brought people to Letterkenny to seed those teams and build those teams. And then, full circle, we worked with FAST to develop a number of curriculums to actually um, build mainframe courses and Lotus Notes courses and different courses that we needed to, to staff the business in Letterkenny. And Jared, five years ago, the company decided to invest $42 million in this campus that we're on now here. Um, can you talk me uh, through the process from leaving Wendy Hall to setting up here? Yeah, I suppose we were at an inflection point in Wendy Hall where we're at capacity and, and you know, were we going to add more space to Wendy Hall or reconfigure Wendy Hall or we're going to look at a greenfield site? And it was a very tough decision and, it came, you know, there's a lot of discussion around what the strategy would be, you know, we didn't want to take too much risk with the business in terms of both capital and ongoing cost. But ultimately, we decided for the long term, you know, with the team in the US, with our corporate real estate partners, that, you know, a greenfield site that we could design, develop and deploy ourselves was going to be ultimately the best solution for the long term. And I think when people, notwithstanding what happened over COVID, but when people see the facility and work in the facility, and, you know, the experience of employees and customers coming to the facility, it's been a fabulous investment. 2020 was a significant year, I suppose, for yourself and the employees here. COVID struck in, in March 2020 and then the announcement of the takeover in November 2020. So it was quite a challenging year, 2020, mm. for you? Yeah, I think if you if you look back to 2020, it really was a big change and disruption in our business model. You know, in March 2020, you had literally overnight everybody working from home, remote working. So, you know, that was a huge change in the business from the point of view as people were used to coming to the campus. There was a lot of energy around the campus, a lot of collaboration. Now everybody was working remotely, video, remote access, security. We had to cater for all those requirements for the people, keep them connected to their teams, 
managers had to, I suppose, learn and hone a different skill set to manage people remotely because um, it's a different skill. Uh, and we had to work through all that. And then, you know, as that went through that summer and that, you know, we, we came up on, you know, that sort of been the normal business operations. We'd been in and out of lockdown at that stage, but typically people had been working from home and working quite well. And then the second piece of change or, or disruption was the purchase uh, of Primerica by TCS. And, and we navigated that whole process remotely. So that was a big change for people, um, especially when a brand had been in here in Letterkenny 20 years. Um, was seen as an integral part of the town for that to change overnight you can see how that would be disruptive and I think if you look at you know COVID plus remote working plus you know the sale to TCS a, a lot of disruption in a very short space of time. Two years on have things settled down well now? Yeah they've, they've changed quite a bit I think if you look at you know we as a leadership team always had aspirations even when we were working inside and with Prudential, you know, could we do work for other companies? And, and you know, that was a question we always had in the back of our mind. And, you know, could, could we service other industries? Could we grow the business in a different direction? And ultimately, the purchase by TCS gave us that opportunity. Um, TCS are a global technology organization, and they have customers in every geography and in every industry. And, you know, we've gone from serving one customer who was our employer as well and our owner, you know, now to support over 50 customers in numerous geographies. So, you know, we pivoted very quickly and we answered that question. Could we serve different customers in different businesses in different regions? Yeah, we can. Of course we can. So the takeover has been positive? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, it didn't come without its challenges because... You know, one, the affection for the brand, the original brand, uh, and secondly, doing it remotely and doing the transition remotely. It just, you know, if you think about remote working and you think about people working from home and COVID, people got a chance to evaluate their life and lifestyles. They got a chance to think about doing something differently. And if a different opportunity came up, well, potentially this was the time to do it. So every big company, every company's been affected by people making different choices because of the experience they had through COVID or working remotely or because of the transaction. And that's completely understandable. And was your workforce well set up to work from home and work remotely? They they were, in fairness. We we always had a good percentage of people who worked remotely and on an occasional basis. So originally about a quarter of the workforce were teleworkers anyway. We called them teleworkers. And they'd come in and out of the office one or two days a month um, or more frequent. So within, sort of, I remember that I was here in the office and you were in the office with me. I had the TV on and we were huddled around multiple TVs when the announcement was made for Washington uh, at the time. And I think that was the Thursday, if memory serves me correct. We were wrapped up by the Friday afternoon. Everybody was out working from home. Um, we had given people equipment, monitors, keyboard, mice. It was a really, really well-oiled operation to do it. How did you handle the, the whole COVID situation yourself, dear, from your from your own point of view in terms of having responsibility? Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, our first and my first responsibility was to get the people out safely with the equipment and systems they needed to do their job well. That was my focus. Was, do people have what they need to work remotely at home and, and myself and my team at the time, you know, whether it was mobile dongles, whether it was different sorts of internet access, you know, making sure everybody had a solution that worked. Um, and that was the number one responsibility. They could do it. They could do it safely. They could do it securely. 
and they felt a sense of security about their role. And this is important during the sort of both the both COVID and the transaction as a leader to give people that sense of certainty about the role, certainty about the business. So as leaders, you know, our job was, you know, to work with our customers to ensure we had a good, strong pipeline of work, to work with our own leaders, to share with staff that, you know, that certainty around the future of the business so that everybody was 100% committed to what they're doing, whether they're in the office or remote. So it was about displaying that confidence, whether it was COVID or the transaction or whatever, that we could navigate through this. This wasn't going to be a problem. So it was, it was uh, uh, seen to be reassuring? Absolutely. Oh, it has to be, especially when people are, you know, you have a very large mix of people in a business like this. You've graduates, you know, new graduates, junior staff, you some very senior and seasoned staff, professionals who are individual contributors. They all look at this type of disruption through a completely different lens. Some see it as opportunity. Some see it as a challenge. Uh, a lot of people that go, look, at, I'll just work through it, and, and that's fine. But it's up to us to make sure there's a consistent, reassuring message about our plans and what we plan to do for the long term for the business. Jared, you mentioned uh, the brand and the loyalty to the mm. Premierica Premier brand. How has the transition from the, the new brand, uh, now TCS, gone? Yeah, I think it, it's completely different. Um, you know, Primerica was, was a single brand with a single customer and a very, you know, singular strategy about what we're doing and how we're doing and how we executed it. TCS is a much different and diversified company. So it's, it doesn't have that one single strategy around um, how work is executed. We work on behalf of the customer we're working for. We lean into their strategy uh, and we provide people services and technology to support that. So it is completely different. We have people here now on campus and working from home who are, you know, working with their customers eight, nine hours a day uh, and see them very much selves as part of their team. Uh, and then obviously TCS supporting them in that role. So it is a completely different type of brand, a completely different type of strategy, both communications and I suppose culture is changing. You know, the culture is changing from that one single US-centric type customer to lots of different global customers, including customers in Ireland. So you can see that cultural change coming through. Jared, I know the company is embarking on a recruitment drive. Uh, you had a recruitment night there last Thursday. Is that something that we're going to be seeing more of? And is that the new way of recruiting employees? Yeah, I, I, I think there's, you know, if you look at how the market is going for employees, it's an employee's market right now, especially in technology and some of the areas where we're recruiting. And we have to use every tool available to us to attract people to our business and retain them within that business and the open night we just had is a key element to that and not just the evening itself but the you know the preparation around even whether it's advertising social media or getting people to register in advance giving them a good experience when they come to campus if they're not successful this time retaining their details there's a strategy there that that is going to be a constant it's not going to be a one-off it's it's a growth agenda you know, we're focused on growth, we're focused on growing the business, both through undergraduates, you know, who are coming out of college with good skills, existing professionals who want to take a role with TCS, potentially move to Letterkenny or not work remotely. So we have to use every tool, technology, 
It was to kick in every door at the minute to try and attract people to the business. It's very important. And what is the difference, Jared, between somebody making their mind up to to come here or not? Yeah, I think a couple of big differences. And, and again, if you look back two years, those have changed. Historically, we had a large regional competitive advantage here in Letterkenny. We were a big brand in a relatively small location. And we were offering, and we are offering really, really high end careers. So we had a really competitive advantage. Again, that's been disrupted now. So we now have to compete nationally, both, you know, in terms of the resources, in terms of the benefits, in terms of everything we do. So what, you know, what's the USP in terms of coming here? Well, one of the big USPs is you can work across many different industries across your career here. You can start off in financial services, maybe work with one of the big banks. You can move you know, into life sciences, automotive, transport, uh, hospitality, tourism. We have customers, technologies and solutions in all those sectors. So think about that as an opportunity for a graduate or a professional to come in and think about how they would navigate their career over the next five to six years across all those different industries um, and domains. That's the attraction. Couple that with what we have in learning and development, which is an ecosystem both digitally and in person that you know people can completely reinvent their technology career so if they're coming from one technology and they want to take an opportunity in salesforce or ServiceNow or one of the newer uh, platforms we have the learning paths and the learning pathways to get you there and the supports and the experts behind that to make sure you're successful so i think that's two of the biggest things you know that you're coming to a very large company who's access to a lot of customers and industries with learning pathways that are really, really impressive. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D business at lyit.ie or call 9186206. You're welcome back. Before the break, Jared was talking about what TCS can offer potential employees. Now, there's another piece to this that, you know, sometimes isn't articulated as clearly as it could be, but the geography here in Donegal and Letterkenny, where we are geographically is important. You know, we've access to the UK market and Northern Ireland. We work a lot with North America, our time zones overlap by five hours and we work with Indian Asia our time zones overlap by five hours and we have the whole of Europe so there's a lot of access a company like us has in this location to both talent and customers so for employees it's about scale and opportunity Jared, how far into the future can a company like your own plan in terms of what are going to be the demands in the future you know in certain areas of you know, industries, you can plan maybe, you know, 24, 36 months, two to three years. And certain industries you can plan are in that financial services, insurance, banking have relatively predictable both, uh, I suppose, consumer trends and technology trends. There's a little bit of disruption on the digital side, but, you know, you can plan well into that. For some of our what we call horizontal businesses like cyber, cloud and data your planning window is, you know, six, nine, twelve months, because the technology, when you're providing that at a, you know, a, a domain level, changes so quickly, uh, and and changes, uh, you know, transformationally very quickly. 
you have to keep up with that. You, you can't afford to lose in that area. So I think for those more traditional sectors and domains, we, we've good structured planning around whether it's account planning or technology planning or service improvement planning. But for the you know those horizontal businesses, cyber, cloud, and data, where we're constantly evaluating where the technology is going, what the skills match to the technology is. And then how do we invest in that, both for the people and maybe the infrastructure as well? And did the pandemic fast-track a lot of the changes that we're seeing now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think a lot of companies who would have held off maybe investments in the large collaboration platforms, and maybe were holding off maybe on Office 365 or Zoom or one of those technologies, they were all approved overnight, you know, because people had to get online, people had to get video they had to collaborate, be able to share documents live, they, and they had to be able to do that securely. So if you think about the two big ones that sort of, you know, through the pandemic that, that grew exponentially was really, you know, that collaboration, including video, and then secure remote access so that people could securely access resources, whether they be in the cloud or, on, you know, in customers' data centers, they could securely access them around the clock. Jared, I was just looking at a few stats before we began our conversation today. 90% of your staff have degrees, 25% are on continuous education, and 18% have postgraduate degrees. Mm-hmm. They're pretty impressive stats. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you look at that, it, it does mirror somewhat the Irish landscape as well. We do have a large university cohort coming from Leaving Cert into third level education with primary degree, degrees. We're very lucky here, both regionally and in the country, that a lot of people continue in lifelong er- learning, whether that's through the now the ATU, whether it's through the ETB, you know, and even classes. Uh, and our staff, um, through our education assistance and other programs, have taken advantage of that over the years. So it's been really, really positive, you know, because, you know, when people choose to self-declare, choose to self-learn themselves and go forward, for a program or a course, they're, they're completely invested in it. So, you know, those sort of courses where it's really learner-led, where they have to do it themselves, whether, you know, it's it's an evening course in the ETB, whether it's a part-time master's in the LIT, there's a big commitment, and you tend to get the best results from them. So how significant uh, has the likes of Donegal ATU and Donegal ETB to the success and growth of the company here? Yeah, I, I think there, there's two elements to it. One is... The, the employee impact in terms of access to education and whether that's through SkillsNet or through educational assistance within the company, they're critical because employees know that obviously they can have deep technical training in-house and, and they can do product training in-house, but if they want to do a more academic course, whether it's an MBS, an MBA or something, that avenue is open to them and it's great that it's open to them in Donegal through the ATU. And then for the ETB, where they've been really key over the years, is sitting down and collaborating with us on very specific curriculum where we have a niche or a need and they'll either help us design something or bring a partner in to design something to deliver that to current or prospective employees. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about there, George? Yeah, so I, I think if you go back a couple of years ago, we had a real uh, need for Lotus Notes developers because we're doing a very large migration from Lotus Notes to, to Office 365 and and. You know, we had to put a program together because in the in the market and the you know Lotus Notes wouldn't be a very familiar skill here. So we had to train people off different technologies into Lotus Notes, and you know part of that was curriculum input from us and saying, look, here's the things we need, and then you know the providers, ETB, bringing the skills, the training, 
and the, you know all the different tests and the documentation to help us deliver that for staff. Tell me, Jared, in your 22 years with the company, what's the best lesson that you've learned? We could be here for a while. I've learned a lot of lessons, but uh, look, at I think one thing is change is inevitable. You know, things are going to change, and I think adapting to that change is key. And, you know, once you learn that and understand that, and that, you know, a lot of the motivations for this change they're going to happen to you. They're, you're not. You're going to be in control of some of them, but most of them are going to happen to you. And the only thing you can manage is your reaction or your behaviour to that change. And that sometimes differentiates a lot of people in terms of both their leadership qualities and their performance. And I think that's one of the things that the you know the, the impact of change and learning to to pivot and and deal with that. Um, is important and it builds resilience as well. I think that's probably the biggest lesson over the 22 years that things just change and some things you can do some about most of it you can't and you just have to work with it. Just going back to the year 2000 and being part of that team of eight, did you ever envisage that it would grow to the scale that it's grown to? Uh, No, probably not. No, I, I think if anything we would have been you know, content with the one building and the 150 software jobs in Letterkenny because that was a big deal at the time getting 150 software developers and QA testers in the region um, but then what really happened was you know you had a, a scenario where you know, the Irish economy was starting to take off with a lot of foreign direct investment you know the US economy was moving in the right direction as well and as those opportunities came up in the US I suppose we were positioned to take them and we were positioned to say, look, we could service them out of Letterkenny. Um, many times we were over the front of our skis in terms of saying we could service them and maybe we hadn't all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. But we did it anyway and we went out and spent time in the US, you know, looking for those opportunities, working with Prudential, figuring out how they could be served in Letterkenny and then coming back here to the teams and say, look, can we do this? And ultimately the answer is, of course, we can, yeah. You mentioned the economy. Jared, what's your view uh, of the economy and how it is performing in Donegal and the Northwest? Yeah, I, I, look, at. I think it's a, it's a challenge right now from the point of view that, you know, with inflation so high and I suppose wage expectations so high, it's hard to, to figure out where this is going to go. Is it going to be temporary or is there some sort of new floor created on costs? And that could be worrying for a business and it could be worrying for a big business because a lot of those costs are structurally sunk in and, and fixed costs. So I, I think Letterkenny and Donegal has an opportunity, you know, with our, I suppose, our, our offering as a county to attract more business here and to attract more people here. I, I think there is some work to be done on the infrastructure side to serve that, both roads, housing and other elements. But I think it's there is an opportunity there. And I know that a lot of the agencies are working together to try and capitalise that. I think the innovation centre that's you know, now planned for Letterkenny could be a key catalyst and a key accelerator of that. Um, if you look at the success of the CoLab, it tells you that that's the model. Get people in, get them early, get them as incubator companies. Letterkenny, Donegal, is a great region for that. The other thing, too, is that you know, as the digital hubs start to expand and start to expand in Donegal, getting more people here and attracting more people here who'll work out of the digital hubs where Donegal may be not their home all year round but they're coming here for the summer they work out of the digital hubs you know we've had scenarios even down in Guidor where 
people have been working out of the digital hubs and now have taken space in Udaris's offices and there's been a growth agenda there as well. So Donegal has that opportunity, but economically it's going to be, you know, it has to be worked out and navigated over the next couple of years. So as incubator companies and digital hubs the way forward for the future? I, I think for a, a county like Donegal, if you look at even or some of our former employees that spun out of this organization and have set up their own companies, they will tell you it's a great place to do work and business. Um, and, you know, it's a great place to attract employees, a great place to attract customers. And I think that, you know, the foreign direct investment agenda will help drive growth here and, and to attract more, I suppose, the larger companies here. But if you look at what is sticky over the long term, you know, small, sustainable businesses that have a low cost base, you know, and a, and a digital footprint. It's, it's a very, very good story going forward for Donegal. Tell me, Jared, if you hadn't the title of Director of Strategic Initiatives here, what would you be doing with your life now? I probably have something to do with cars. Because before I went into computers, I was mad about cars. And, and I remember my first transition year... Uh, work experience was down with Hugh Tenney and, and when he had the Mazda garage down the town and uh, I thought I'd get driving cars day one but he had me sweeping the floor but that's a good learning experience but yeah I think it was probably something to do in, in, in the automotive industry you know because I'm, I'm passionate about cars and have, you, have you still got that passion? Uh, not as much now <laughs> as much now no I'm preoccupied with my current career and preoccupied with technology and I've, look at I, I think through transition here in St. Junins and, and through you know having great mentors over the years you develop a passion for something and, and since that time I've been totally obsessed with technology. How important is the role of a mentor these days, Jared? It's critical. I've had so many mentors over the years. Like, and you start with, you know, a good mentor, a great teacher. You start with a teacher, usually, typically, you know, outside your parents, it's, it's usually a teacher that has a, a big influence on you, both in terms of learning and career. And then you start to go into your your first sort of uh, job. And, and my first computer job was here in Letterkenny and Flight Computers. And, and Seamus McKenna was the boss back then. And again, you learn something from every mentor you have. Uh, and Seamus was a real perfectionist. Everything had to be done right and, and everything had to be done customer focused and everything had to be done technologically excellent he was he was you know it had to be the the most sophisticated technological solution and i sort of learned that from him uh and then you move up and and you know you're 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 sort of purist around technology as you go into the business then you know you have to balance that with cost and you learn different things from different people and i worked in dublin and and gateway 2000 as it was then and on to price waterhouse coopers and again, good mentors in those companies teach you different things, teach you about how to work, how to manage projects, how to you know how to manage staff. So you learn something from. But I think that you know good mentors are critical, and and if you get a good mentor, keep in touch with them. And and you know, it, it, I had a a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, I used to work with in, in Northern Ireland for a long time. And uh, funny enough, I just met him out in the holidays last week by accident completely. And, you know, it was my, my son's always laughed, but he taught me the phrase of better looking at it than for it. And he was uh, a, a very, very interesting businessman, extremely interesting. And, and uh, you know, those sorts of mentors that teach you life lessons, that teach you tactics and techniques are critical and, and to keep in touch with them. 
And finally, Jared, what does the future hold for yourself and TCS and Lyricini? Well, look, it, it has to be about growing the business here and not just growing the business, you know, in pure headcount terms, you know, numbers. It's, it's about growing the business in a completely different direction. Uh, it's about building recognizable business brands here in cyber technology and cloud and uh, financial services that have national recognition and national brand recognition. TCS has been in Ireland for over 20 years in Dublin and my colleague Deepak you know runs the operation in Dublin and you know through the acquisition here two year you know 18 months ago that's a huge expansion but we want to be recognized as a national brand and we want to be you know recognize a really quality technology company a quality provider who will provide innovative and creative solutions for customers we you know and I think letter Kenny I suppose gives that little bit of differentiation for TCS in Ireland where they have a large you know delivery center and development center in the regions with a very I suppose dedicated workforce and committed workforce who are you know not just committed to the business but committed to growing the business for the next crop of graduates that are coming out of ATU or the McGee or any of the the local universities um, because we've seen them come in and we've seen them accelerate through through the organisation that's been hugely uh, you know it's it's been great for the company to see them come in as graduates and go up to managers and directors and all sorts of different roles and I think there's a desire to do that again. Uh, and to do that, not just to make the business sustainable here, but to do it in the region and for the region. Jared Grant, Director of Strategic Initiatives at TCS and Lyricani. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, here. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Jared Grant. Thanks to Kevin Fury on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D business at lyit.ie. Or call 9186206.